Today's episode is brought to you by Positively Productive Systems, whose mission is to be the antidote to your stress and to provide compassionate productivity resources and coaching that help you heal and achieve. Be sure to check out both free and paid resources at PositivelyProductive.com resources. So many things tell us that we're supposed to be one thing or that it, we're, it's supposed to be black and white. And we see that in a lot of ways. And I don't want to like explode this box from the get go, but from childhood, right? You have so many things you're interested in. You like to, like when you're playing, there's lots of different games or board games or yard games or sports. Like maybe you play multiple sports, but then as we go through life, it's like, well, you know, you got to focus so you can get good at one sport. So what's your sport going to be that you're going to go out for the team in high school or maybe college? And like, you got to choose even when we're little. And as we're growing up, like, what are you going to major in? What's the thing? What do you want to be when you grow up? And you're like, I want to be this one thing. We're so often presented to choose a singular answer. You're listening to the Positively Living Podcast. I'm your host, Lisa Zarotny, founder of Positively Productive Systems and a coach certified in time and stress management, helping clients make space for what matters most in their lives. Join me each episode and we'll talk about decluttering, stress management, habits, personalized productivity, gratitude, and so much more. I understand the overwhelm of life because I'm a wife, mom to kids and cats, and a former caregiver. I'm here to help you choose what's right for you so you can do less, live more, and breathe easier. Sound good? Let's get to it. Multi-passionate. If we've spent any time together, you've heard me use this word. It's what I am, and it's how I describe my people, those whom I support and coach. I use multi-passionate and also multi-potentialite the most. But you may have also heard terms like slash career or hyphen career to describe what we're chatting about today, what my guest calls the multi-life. But what do they all mean? Let's back up further to define them, like back to da Vinci. Leonardo da Vinci, often referred to as a polymath, was a painter, sculptor, architect, inventor, military engineer, and scientist, and the reason, in my opinion, that the term Renaissance man equates to a well-rounded person. His name is synonymous with innovation and creativity, but what I love most is that, as far as I can tell, he did so unapologetically. I mean, I wasn't there. I don't know if his mom griped at him and said, choose one thing, Leo, and stop messing around. But what he created certainly speaks to his dedication, and that's the spirit I want us to use to design our best lives. Today, we're talking about living a multi-passionate life, and I welcome my fellow multi-passionate woman entrepreneur, Lauren Yee, to the Positively Living podcast. We explore what it means and how we can embrace it. Lauren is a process-driven problem solver who believes that curiosity, consistency, and connections are the greatest drivers of great things. Before becoming a facilitator and speaker, she helped build and grow the largest Lego-inspired STEM company in the United States. She has worked with the Golden State Warriors, Google, Southwest Airlines, and Workday, helping them to build community, establish inclusivity, and create psychologically safe work environments where staff can play, thrive, and adult like a kid. Creativity, adulting like a kid, Lego-inspired STEM. If those words sound familiar, 
it's because we covered some of them in episode 56 with Jeff Harry, and I have him to thank for connecting me to Lauren. Lauren and I discussed the challenges of loving hashtag all the things and having our dreams and joys pushed aside because society has taught and conditioned us to bottleneck our focus and interests and to choose one. That question, what's your favorite, is a brutal one for me. Why can't we have it all is the question we explore today, or as I like to say, and will probably make the title of my autobiography, why can't it be both? In our episode, we encourage you to not only accept, but embrace all the things you love. We share why it's so important for you and how to figure out what to include, especially if it's been a while since you allowed yourself to do this. I'm so grateful for our conversation because it reinforces what I coach. I'm not saying you should be doing all the things. That leads to burnout. But limiting what you love isn't the answer either. I encourage you to accept and appreciate when you are passionate about many things. And remember that with the right strategies and intentional choices, you can create harmony in your life as you embrace those passions and explore what makes you uniquely you and what makes you light up. Welcome, Lauren Yee, to the Positively Living Podcast. I don't even know if I know how to express how excited I am to talk with you today. Well, I am absolutely excited to be here, so it might be same. Samesies. Okay. And we'll give a quick shout out to Jeff Harry for introducing us. Shout out. Hey, Jeff. Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) And I would love if you would start us off by telling us a bit about yourself, who you are, who you help, and really what makes you light up. Ooh, okay. Let's try a brief highlights version. So I'm Lauren Yee. I am a cultivator of curiosity and a founder and COO of This Us Now, which is a professional education company. And I never thought I'd be where I'm at because I have had a nonlinear career path. Brief version was I wanted to be an architect. I ended up working towards that and did like interior architecture and project management. I worked in that field for a while, got a little burnt out. I had to get out of it just because the situation I was in and needing to be an adult and being a little burnt out. I was just like, I just need a job. And I stumbled into some things that sounded interesting that could get me by temporarily. And then I loved what I was doing because I got to learn through play and teach through play for a living and ended up at this temporary gig that I grew up through from like a camp educator teaching kids STEM using Lego and then like became a coordinator and a manager and a senior manager. And I ended up at that job for like almost a decade on accident because it was fun. And then that part of my life kind of ended, but the learning through play stayed with me and was very inspiring. I've realized I was always like process hands-on, like I want to understand, but I want to do to learn things. And so we also in said company did a bunch of team building with adults because adults need to play more too. And so I feel like that kind of shaped me into where I'm at now, where I'm doing the same things, but separately from the other company that I was working with before. So that's a career highlights. I like to help people be their best selves as much as I can. And a lot of times that means within teams or management, because we're all taught stuff. And sometimes the stuff that we're taught, it feels like it's the right answers, but it's not always that easy. And so, yeah, just trying to like break things down and give people tools to think creatively and differently and 
process for themselves or other or their teams or whatnot. That's the general. I'm gonna stop now. <laughs> <laughs> that is the the perfect segue into what we're talking about today, which is being multi-passionate and living the multi-passionate life. What does that even mean? And before we get into that, I just need to make a quick note of the fact that I freaking love that you started out with the intention of being an architect and ended up working with Legos. It's weird where you're like, huh, in retrospect, this kind of makes sense. But like, that was again, like who would have thought definitely not me. Yeah. Once we reverse engineer things, once we look back, you know, hindsight being 2020, it's like, well, isn't that intriguing? And the, the nonlinear career path. Okay. Raise your hand. I'm raising both of them. <laughs> Mine was for sure nonlinear, but that curiosity, that openness can look where it led you. But yeah, let's talk about this whole idea of multi-passionate life. You and I have already bonded over this to start, but I would love your take on what that even means, maybe how you identify as that, and even when you discovered it or connected it as uh, one of the ways that you would say, yeah, that's me. Again, in the retrospect, 2020, I get it now. I think that I've kind of always had that sort of like multi-interest, multi-passion, curious about a lot of things thing going for me. But I don't think that I potentially accepted it as a possible way of existing, which seems so like existential, but like kind of, I don't think that I necessarily realized that until honestly, probably in the last like several years, the reason being for me, I've have this title cultivator of curiosity, because I feel like that's super real. That actually stemmed from the previous learning through play company that I was working with. A couple people had fun, like, you know, you have a, I'm an area manager or I'm an educator or I'm a VP of whatever, but we had like an HR coordinator and like high fives administrator. And I was like, that's fun. I want a fun title. And so I had asked my manager and they're like, yeah, run it by me before you like put it anywhere. And I was like, okay. So I thought about it for a while. Alliteration was key. <laughs> And I was like, like maybe cultivator of curiosity, like that feels real. Like I like finding out things and questions and like understanding stuff. And I like, I want to know about a lot of things. So like, I just started, I asked, I started using that. I was like, I'm an area manager, cultivator of curiosity, but I made it up. So when I wasn't working there anymore, I took it with me because it felt very correct. But I think that the reason why it's hard to grasp is because so many things tell us that we're supposed to be one thing or that it we're, it's supposed to be black and white. And we see that in a lot of ways. And I don't want to like explode this box from the get-go, but from childhood, right? You have so many things you're interested in. You liked, like when you're playing, there's lots of different games or board games or yard games or sports. Like maybe you play multiple sports, but then as we go through life, it's like, well, you know, you got to focus so you can get good at one sport. So what's your sport going to be that you're going to go out for the team in high school or maybe college? And like, you got to choose even when we're little. And as we're growing up, like, what are you going to major in? What's the thing? What do you want to be when you grow up? And you're like, I want to be this one thing. We're so often presented to choose a singular answer, even in the now, this is the sorry Pandora's box style version of things, but now where there's a lot of like gender fluidity and like before it's always like male, female, but like there's so many more options, but we've been told to choose that it's like confusing that there's more options. I feel like that happens also with like, oh, what do you want to be when you grow up? And when you're little, you're like firefighter, ballerina, 
Like these are the things that you know of. And then even as you get older, you're like, I'm still supposed to choose a thing, but there's so many more options. Like, how am I, how am I supposed to choose? Like, I don't even know what all the options are. So we're told choose one, but really can't it be multiple choice? (laughs) Can this be a multiple choice life test? Yeah. Why can't it be D all of the above? (laughs) Yeah. And I think that we're told all this stuff and we're like, we buy into that, right? Like, this is my major. This is what I'm going to work towards for my job. I'm going to do the job. I'm supposed to do this in the steps of life of the social norms of let me get married and have kids and buy the house, which is also fine. But like, this is the answer, but there's no right answers. Right. There's no right answers. There's no wrong answers. The key is what is right for you. And I think one of the ways that you described this was that whole, does this fit coming up with your title? right? Cultivator of curiosity. And you're like, it fits. It feels right. Mm -hmm. That's the answer. It's not, okay, do you need to be one thing? Is this correct? You know, it's no, does it feel right for me? And I think this idea of society (laughs) making us choose. Yes. I don't know if it's the questioner in me or what it is, but even... (laughs) I'm talking to Ed's laughing at myself already. I'm excited. <laughs> I'm on Instagram stories where someone's like, do you want this or this? And I'm like, no, you've given me a poll where you're forcing me to choose. And I will respond to them, which is great for the algorithm. So everybody wins and I'll respond and I'll be like, don't make me choose. Everything is making us choose. This either or all the time. Do not get me wrong. I understand that there are some places in our lives where we have to choose. It's functional. I get it. Right. But choosing like what I teach as a productivity and organizing coach is prioritizing. That still means there's multiple things there. You're not choosing what you get to do, but what's going to be the next thing and how it's going to be in what order, how they're going to work together. You know what I mean? Yes. It's not a uh, choose all the, all the things. I know there's like that, which sometimes I'm like, can I do all the things? Can I talk to all the people? Because <laughs> that seems interesting to me, but it's not about doing everything but it is following your curiosity or what you're interested in or one of the things that I don't actually think I answered, but (laughs) like what energizes you, right? There's this great quote by Howard Thurman that's don't ask what the world needs, right? Like what's the answer? Like, we don't know, but like what makes you come alive? And that could be more than one thing. And that could generalize it in a way that it could fit into multiple categories. Not like, oh, I want to do that one thing. It's like, well, what makes me come alive is- art, but that could be like a lot of different things. It really can open up your eyes to possibility and opportunity if you look at things that way. And I feel like that is kind of a big part of trying to cultivate this like, okay, it's not an answer. There's like an umbrella. (laughs) Yeah. And so first of all, I love that quote from Howard Thurman. And I've posted that many times. I know you're shocked. I'm glad you're sitting down. And (laughs) But this, what you're saying about the, you're not necessarily wanting to do all the things, that is the distinction that I make. When I'm, I'm coaching, it's saying, listen, it isn't practical, it isn't possible to do all the things without leading yourself to burnout. However, you can love all the things and then you are selective in terms of the how you incorporate that. Like you said, you're like, I love helping people and I love art and ooh. It could look like this. I could be an art therapist or I could be creating uh, books that help people and I do the artwork and who knows. There's wonderful possibility and those words right there, the possibility, the word you used, opportunity. Ooh, I love that word. (laughs) Such a great, lovely word. (laughs) 
<laughs> it is. It's lovely. The opportunity. Sometimes we use that to reframe things where you're like, it's a win or a learn. It's an opportunity to, <laughs> to, to grow as a person. My character doesn't need more development. Yeah. Like I'm building character with this opportunity in front of me. Sure. Okay. But you know, it does have good connotations as well. <laughs> it does. But this idea that you are staying open to the how. I think I like that because then it's being able to say that, okay, let me pause and quickly mention Emily. Is it Wapnik? Yes. Right? Multipotentialite. Yes. I I do so love that word. And her idea of you may not have one true calling, right? Mm -hmm. So I think where we stand, you know, we, we may not have one true calling. Definitely when it comes to personality and stuff, there is so much fluidity in our lives. And I think that we should literally go with the flow. I mean, I think that's a good thing. (laughs) You heard it here first, folks. But there is some components within us, you know, I I would say maybe our values or core values. I mean, things can certainly shift, but there are elements maybe in us that do stay true. And you can probably see, right, looking retrospectively, what is something that's always been like a core strength in you or desire in you maybe to help people or to be curious or to whatever it is that you can hold on to. And then it manifests or you can apply it differently as you go, right? Yeah. There's different ways to look at like the multifaceted life because there is the way of it's not black and white and it is grayscale. Everything's gray. Everything is in the middle. (laughs) But I think that what you were just saying about the values sort of thing is kind of that gets to the sort of general, what guides me? What am I generally interested? What makes me come alive? There is that way, but there is also people who have a little bit more clarity in that too, like where they are interested in like in the sense of careers, because that's a very tangible way to look at it in the sense of careers. There are people who have interests in what seem to be opposing or non-connected fields. And sometimes it is more shaped than just like, I love problem solving and stuff like that. Like maybe it is, well, somebody is very passionate about helping people in the medical field. Maybe they're like a pediatrician, but they also like really love playing the piano and like they want to do that on the weekends and like side gig or have them. And there's, why can't you do both? Again, don't burn yourself out because like you can't do everything all the time. So you got to manage your time and priorities, but you can still like and work towards more than one thing at once. Yeah. And they may appear disparate and they may in fact be, you know, from a technical standpoint, but the connection is you. And I think the point that you're making about wanting to be careful not to burn out actually tracks back beautifully to this idea of energy management and stress management. Because I could see someone in the medical community who loves to give to people and to show up. And, you know, my heart goes out to those in the medical community and my gratitude is off the charts for all that they do. And I can only imagine the amount of stress that they're under. And I love the idea that we promote and encourage them to have something else other than that, that becomes them. It becomes part of their identity and part of their creativity. It fires them up in a different way. It reduces their stress. It boosts their energy so that when they go back to what they are doing for, let's say their quote day job or whatever, they're doing it better. I mean, it's a, it's a surefire productivity boost right there to have those kind of maybe unexpected slash careers, if you will, 
in a less career way, but also like, I may not want to be, have a career in some, I don't want to have a side gig band, but like, you could still like want to play an instrument or I like to draw or I like whatever you like to do in a hobby sort of way. There's one thing about it reducing stress and re-energizing you. And like in a very real way, it kind of like resets your brain (laughs) and in a sort of more how it might manifest in a way that you can like see versus just brain chemistry is if we're doing our job and we're in the grind and it's just, we're used to the daily. I get up, eat my food. I go to work. I go home, maybe do a workout. I cook dinner, say hey to family, do whatever, go to sleep and do it again. It does get very like monotonous and you're building all of those connections in your brain and you get like used to our brains normalize everything. So like you get used to that, which is not terrible. I mean, it's good to get good at things and become expertise in whatever your like job or your family, getting used to your family. And also, if you can get out of what I'm going to call like the personal echo chamber, <laughs> I feel like if you can have a hobby or have other interests or that don't necessarily always align with the regular, it kind of gets you out of your box. It shakes things up. It can give you other insight to the regular that you wouldn't have otherwise because you specifically saw that documentary on that thing that was super interesting to you, but no one else wanted to see, but you saw it. And now it connects to something else that you're talking about. And you might not have that. And I think that there's, there's so much to the bringing in other, like not just perspectives, but for yourself, like it's about learning and growth. And those things aren't just that one answer. It is building and becoming a part of you, which then forms how you can look at problems, issues, relationships, and having these other pathways kind of like circles back and can like intersect in really useful ways that you might not, if you just did the one thing that like, this is what I studied and what I know and how I get good at this one thing, but the outside perspective will give you insights for how to creatively problem solve or do something new that you wouldn't have otherwise. That was a very roundabout way. (laughs) I love that. I'm going to attempt at giving it a name, cross-training for curiosity. Ooh, yes, cross-training. I love using the phrase cross-training. I use it with my kids all the time when, because they do like a variety of things and even like multiple musical instruments or things like that. And I say, every time you pick up another one or you continue to work with this, although this one may be the one that you like the most at this moment, they help each other. And so what you're talking about too, and this is so important, our brains, that normalizing you're talking about, yeah, the, the grooves are getting deeper and the habits are in place. Nothing wrong with that per se. It's very important. It's what we need to personally automate our lives, to get better at what we do, to build expertise, all the good things. However, it can also be a little bit of a trap if we are going, going, going without some of the fresh perspective coming in. And you're right. Those other things that we do, it could be another career. It could be a hobby. It doesn't matter what it is. It's just that you have these other things in your life that come in and help create that balance to reset you, to release you a bit from the grind to, like you said, to shake it up a bit enough that you're like, Ooh, am I questioning things? And I know for me doing the things that I love has not only been a release, but sometimes a reminder of what it is that I absolutely love. That's lighting me up. And 
even though we like to be careful of comparison, (laughs) there is a place for it, right? If you are, let's say in a career and then you do other things that you love and you're like, Hmm, I am not getting the satisfaction in the same way. Is there something I can do about it? It's asking the question again. It doesn't mean you have to do something about it. It doesn't mean that you may have the ability. I mean, there are practical considerations in life, but at the same time, it does keep you questioning. And I have a bias toward that. I think it's an awesome thing. (laughs) I feel like that's actually a really important distinction that you kind of mentioned. It's like, we don't want to compare. We're used to that. And that happens because we want to evolve to assess and like, What's going to be best for me? And like, I should be like that so that I survive with this group of whatever's happening. So that happens. But especially in the age of social media and like who's living their best life, the comparison there, there's one version of comparison, but I feel like what you kind of brought up is, especially when it is for yourself, it's not as much comparison as it is like reflection for being able to prioritize and make choices, make educated choices versus just like, this is the supposed to this is how it's how it works. This is what I was told is the path. And so having the reflection to make choices for you is the tool that I would say that that pathway kind of leads to. Mm, I love that word reflection. That's even better because it doesn't lend toward that connotation of, you know, the problems that can happen with comparison, but it's allowing you to ask the questions to make an informed decision. And the informed decision may be, you know what? I need to be where I am in this place, this career, this whatever it is that I'm doing. And no, it doesn't give me the same satisfaction, but gives me a different one. Or it provides for my family and that feeds a core value that I have, which is critically important too. It's, it's about finding that harmony in our lives where we're, we're taking care of the different needs that we have, right? Yeah. Which sometimes can be hard because I think that we're, I included am not always the best at reflecting in the most, uh, there's moments, but I'm not always, I'm not constantly reflecting. I'm not a pro at this. We all, you know, are getting by in our lives and like have to take moments for ourselves, especially in times of transition where sometimes things feel chaotic. And then you're just, I got to just get through the day. And then we don't always make time for ourselves. And that can't like time for yourself can look like a lot of things. And I think that reflecting can happen in big and little ways. And there are, there's very like the specific questions are like, why do I like this? Or like, this is really interesting to me. Or do I like this versus this? Like I'm feeling this way about saying yes to this person. Like, why do I feel this way? There's active, super active reflection that way. But then there's also for the sort of interests thing to kind of, if you are sort of, I'm going to call stuck, not that it's bad, but like if you're in a, like, this is the way sort of moment. And you're not sure in the way that I feel like sometimes when you ask people, what do you like to do outside of your job? And they start like listing hobbies. Like, oh, I love to hike and go to the beach with my dog. And you're like, when was the last time you did those things? I'm like, oh gosh, I don't know. And you're like, well, do you actually like that? Or like, you should go do that more. And I don't want to should on people. However, there's a version of that reflection where you're like, am I just saying things that I used to like, or that I'm supposed to like, or that my friends like, and I just do because I go with them. Or when something interests you and you're just like, Ooh, that seems interesting. And it feels like super out of left field, but like, it's interesting noticing like those kinds of subtler versions of reflection, I think 
is like kind of like a, like a starter, a starter kit. It's like, listen to your, like when your ears, curiosity is peaked. I love that. A starter kit for reflection. And you see how our synapses are firing and we're bouncing off of each other here. The other thing that came up for me as you were describing this was the idea that even taking a moment of that curiosity, right? That reflection of, Ooh, this is something I love. And of course, making sure that it's not the, this is a should free zone, (laughs) that it's not the, oh, my friends like it, so I'm supposed to like it or that sort of thing, but it's truly something you love. And you then answer the question to when was the last time you did it of, oh, I don't remember. That's a wonderful catch point for you to kind of line up how you are nourishing your spirit and yourself and and what you need. And that goes right into self-care. And are we prioritizing things for our success? <laughs> right. Oh, and then this ties right back into, oh, the connections. This ties right back into what I'm railing against here, which is um, freedom from the hustle culture, right? So if society, which we're allowing to dictate those values of saying you need to be at work, you need to, maybe it's not even a, as extreme as being a workaholic, but it's be at work and, and be a committed and hardworking employee. And you do it to the point, or maybe you think it needs to be done to this certain point that then doesn't leave the room or the space or even your personal allowance, if you will, to explore those other things, to go into that multi-passionate realm. Because there's a, an expectation, a should, an obligation, whatever is happening there. I think this is really interesting. It's see how it's all connected. (laughs) It's true. I can't speak for the masses, but like, you know, articles pop up and like anecdotally, I do feel like there's potentially a little bit more of a shift in that realization lately. A lot of people used to be very tied to their jobs, which is fair. It's a lot of our time. And a lot of people generation-ish before was like, you stay in the one job for like the career. Yeah. And that itself has shifted. Like either the one job in the one company and like you just grow and then you retire. I was almost said graduate and then you retire (laughs) and like you get the like watch and the little plaque and whatever. But that's not as typical now where like people potentially jump a little bit more or shift companies, if not fields. And I think even now- A shift from that is people realizing that the jobs are not necessarily everything, which is great because that is not who you are. You're so much more than that. And that's not what it's all about. I mean, if you're passionate about your job and so excited and you love it, like that's awesome. And you're still more human than that. And I think that a lot more people are realizing that, which has sort of lent to and then led to an assumption of the hustle culture, where it's like, oh, I've got this side thing that I also enjoy from my job. But then it became kind of an expected norm, which is like, don't fall into that unless it works for you. Like, that's also okay, but you don't have to do it just because everyone else is doing it. Right. It's an intentional choice. You do you, boo, right? I do think, and I love that you brought this up because it is so encouraging to see that there is this change and this shift, you know, generationally in terms of getting beyond, you know, you have to be the job and see the job, be the job, you're only the job. And then also, I think there's there's two things happening. One is that we as a people together are being like, okay, we, we need to get past this and companies are responding to. And the work that you do, the message that you're putting out there, the message that Jeff's putting out there, all the people that we're surrounding ourselves with, we're talking now together and we're like, yeah, we're all about this. We're perpetuating this. At least that's my hope, you know, that, that is like, the plan. good. 
yeah, that's the plan. We have a plan. Shh, don't tell anyone. No, tell everyone. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, yell it from the rooftops. (laughs) Exactly. Because we're getting there. We are making strides. And I think we have to keep sharing it and keep appreciating it. But you're right. There's a wonderful shift that's taking place. But whenever there are shifts taking place, right, the pendulum swings. So that's a really good catch on your part that we don't want the pendulum to swing to be like, okay, now go ahead and embrace that multi-passionate life. But that also means that you have to have a side hustle. Oh, great. There we use the word hustle again. And, you know, the have tos and the whatever. It's embrace it if it works for you. Also might be that you have one big passion and you are happy as a clam doing it. Well, then go ahead. Yeah. I have a friend who's sort of had a, like, not exactly nonlinear path, but that's what it made me think of was she like loved drama in high school, like the theater drama class. But she's like, I can't, I'm not going to like be an actress. That's not what my career path is going to be. And then she wanted, she started doing pre-med and after like a year was like, oh my, like, nope, I don't, I don't, I thought I wanted this. I don't want this. And then again, like the job thing realized because we didn't know or didn't consider or understand what was possible, realized that in theater, there's other things than just the actor, actress in front of the camera part. And she is now a costume designer. And that is absolutely her passion where she like, she loves it, energizes her. She, it lights, she lights up when she talks about outfits in movies, also outfits in real life. Like she loves, she loves it. And not everybody has that. If you do, that's amazing. But if you don't, that's also okay. I did not have a dream college. I was just like, no, that one. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I like went. And you know, it's okay because this is your life and it'll work out because you're in it. You get to make choices along the way, which I think is a big part of kind of this multi-potential, like multi-faceted, all of like multi-everything life. For me, like you talked about what that looks like for us and trying to spread the message. For me, it's a lot of it is following your curiosity and what is play. Like I talk with Jeff a lot about this and like my own work, but play as adults doesn't resonate how I think it does with kids. As an adult, we often think about it in a kid way where we're like, oh, like play means like, oh, I'm going to play a board game or I'm going to play pick up basketball. But play can be a lot of different things. Even like play as a kid, like could be reading. Like it doesn't have to be like active, active play. And for me, I think that play as a realm of stuff (laughs) is the stuff that when you're excited or interested and invested and like can be so present that like time potentially loses all meaning for better or for worse sometimes. But those things, when you really enjoy doing something like that's your play and you can have versions of that. Like it doesn't have to be huge. It could be big or small and it could be little things along your day. But finding versions of your plays to to try to do that more is like another way of following your curiosity when you're like, oh, I kind of like this thing. I'm going to try some more of that. I'm going to find out more because you don't know what you don't know. Thank you for using that phrase. I was like, we have to incorporate that into the episode somewhere. Yes, you don't know what you don't know. And that is where 
the question asking, the curiosity, you know, the exploration that we're talking about is so important. And I think that what you said right there is a beautiful place for us to wrap up. And what I'm feeling here is this idea of having that curiosity. This is like a next step for us, right? Having that curiosity, reflection, opportunities where you're like, hmm, I kind of like that. And stepping into it and saying, what might that look like for me? How could I incorporate some version of that into my life? Yeah. In a similar way too, I've said this a couple of times before, not as often as I probably could, but we all know curiosity as we know that curious questions, right? As the little kids, like, why, why? And you're like, oh my God, I don't know. <laughs> we get trained out of asking questions, but bring that back to it all. Like ask who, what, when, where, why, how, and there's six of them. Who, what, when, where, why, how? I say there's a seventh wonder of the world or of curiosity, which is Ooh. literally wonder. It's, uh, it's like, huh, interesting. Like, I don't necessarily know what question to ask, but like something is like, bing, what did you just say? What is that? Oh, that seems super interesting. But like, you don't, there's not a question yet. But when that happens, I feel like that is our adult that has like the kid inside it. That's like, Ooh, that looks fun. That looks interesting. I like that. Remember when we used to like that, that thing can lead to the possibilities, right? Like I'm interested when you're interested in stuff, things happen when I'm excited you'll spend more time or effort in making something happen. And like relationships can grow. Career opportunities can grow in places that you did not expect because you're excited. And so paying attention to those things, the reflection, and also just listening to yourself as you go through life. Yeah. Yeah. I, so this is that what we talk about so much on the Positively Living podcast in pausing and reflecting. Of course, I have the bias of asking questions because you know it's what I do and I love it. <laughs> and I, I did not outgrow it, or at least I think I've come back into my own. But I love that, you know, asking questions, adding that wonder to it and just noticing, right? Mm -hmm. Listening and noticing those moments when something really piques your interest. And one thing I would add to this, uh, so these are the options that you can take today to kind of explore more and open up to this, is to even reflect back on your childhood because the phrase you used, remember when we used to love this? That could be a wonderful place to be like, what's something I used to love that I've gotten away from? And is that something I'd like to, I, I don't want to say bring back but bring a version of that into my life right now. And my example is playing guitar. I tried to do it when I was 16. I kind of sucked at it. I was an amazing piano player. I played brass instruments. You know, I was like, that was awesome. I was total musician, right? Singer, everything. But I tried the stringed instruments. I tried the guitar and it was like, okay, that's awful. <laughs> and recently, last year, coming up on Christmas, my son wanted to play guitar and he reminded me. And I was listening and I was thinking and I was inspired by him. And I'm like, I wonder if I could try this again, but in a new way, right? Yeah. And I, and I did, I did research that was different. I found out apparently there are different sizes of guitars and I could find one that fits me. Who knew? And now there's like so much on YouTube. Thank you, YouTube, for teaching me everything I need to know, especially for a pandemic. And I stepped into it. And now it is one of the things that I've embraced so much to the point where I would actually, I'm almost ready to call myself a guitarist. That's very exciting and amazing. And I feel like that's a really important thing about being curious is that it 
is different from passion. Like it can stop or wane or it like, it, it's like a little glowy ball that like can increase, but it can also decrease. And you'd be like, the guitar was not my path at 16, but just because something was or was not an answer before doesn't mean you can't ask it again later because you're a different person. What like, yes, you're, we're kind of the same person, but you're a different person in a different time and space and part of your life. You can try things again or in a different way. And I think that's really awesome and important. And Jeff and I together actually have run a workshop called your future is where your fun is. And we talk about going back to your childhood to figure out what your play value ups are. So it's a little bit more, it's the umbrella, what energizes you version of like, well, it's not necessarily guitar to guitar, but it's just like, okay, I really love the guitar. And like, okay, well, foundationally, what was it about that thing that you liked? And I'll give my example really quickly, just in case listeners want to try this for themselves or bring us in for a workshop and we'll do it with you. Uh, But one of my favorite ways to play, and we do how did you like to play as a kid? Like, what was your favorite thing? I really like this game called Sardines, which if you have not played it, it's like a reverse hide and seek. So that there's one hider and multiple seekers. And as the seeker finds the hider, they hide with them, thus Sardines. And then the last person to find everybody is the new hider, which is really difficult when there's like very people hiding behind like a water fountain and there's like 10 of you. Sardines. That is brilliant. Okay. It's amazing. I love it. You can play it as an adult. Who's stopping you? But I loved that game as a kid. And then when I sat and thought about like, why did I like that game? There's so many, like, why didn't I like hide and seek versus that? Like, why did I choose that one? And I think that my play values that came from that thing were I liked creativity because you got to, got to find good hiding places, problem solving, because when other people find bad hiding places and you have to figure out how to hide with them behind this skinny tree. So creativity and problem solving and also community for me. And like, like, because it's, it's not exactly a team sport and the, like your team kind of changes as it's happening. And I was like, I still love all of these things. This is super weird and interesting. And you can, if, even if it isn't a one-to-one guitar to guitar, it might be, well, how can this inspire other things that I'm more comfortable with as an adult? Like maybe you don't want to go play ultimate Frisbee, but you loved it then. So what do you like? What did you like about that? Maybe I don't want to run around and throw a plastic disc now, but like what, was it about that other than that, that I liked? So that's a very tangible activity you could try for yourself. I love that. It's almost like a value version of the transferable skills concept, right? Oh my gosh, yes. Yeah. And that's brilliant. And I, I have to say that the guitar thing got specific because of my son. So I was, again, I was listening to him and connecting to that and a wonderful way to kind of like put that back in. But the other thing too, is that I knew I wanted to bring more music back into my life because music has definitely been a strong, strong thread. But again, how you bring it back in. For a while, it was karaoke and that was brilliant. And, you know, what, what's better than having a beer and singing like you're a rock star? But, you know, then there's, you know, moving around and, and COVID and, and stuff like that. So that's not an option. And then there's cranking up my playlist and, and creating a whole different thing. And I created a playlist for the podcast for that reason. And that's why I ask people, the question I'm about to ask you. But with that, you have these different ways that you can bring it back in. And then I was like, oh, it's time to maybe re-explore the guitar thing. So yeah, there's so many different ways, but I love your, we're going to call it the sardine theory. <laughs> uh, which sounds weirder than it is, I promise, but uh, you'll you'll like it. No, it's brilliant. Okay. That is a beautiful place to wrap up, have the rapid wrap up with a few more 
fun things as well as undoubtedly profound things. So if you would fill in the blank for me, please. The song that always makes me dance. Caveat, I feel like if I can sing to it, I'm gonna dance to it also. So it's many songs. Fair enough. The last song that made me dance. <laughs> I was like, what, what was that? I feel like one that is consistent though that also might have dancing other than just singing i'm gonna go with outcasts hey ya yeah it's got a good beat going to it outside of the lyrics you gotta start get some shoulder action yeah i'm gonna go with yeah you're gonna shake it baby okay the quote or mantra i share all the time Ooh, share okay i have too many words i'm gonna say one thing the thing that i say a lot which is maybe a mantra. I don't know if it's a share, but I just say it a lot is it's going to be great. And it's not in a stressful, it's more, it's like a, okay, like we can do this moving forward thing, but like, it's going to be great. I say that a lot so much so that I have had coworkers make fun of me for it and say it back to me with a face. I was like, okay, it's a catchphrase. I get it. (laughs) It's your catchphrase. And it's in that positive kind of Glennon Doyle, we can do hard things kind of way. Yeah. It ties back to a different mantra. I won't go into the deep. My dad used to always say it is what it is. But again, in a forward thinking versus like a way, (laughs) um, it wasn't that version. It was just like, well, it is what it is in the sense of like now what? And so I feel like my brain ingrained that it is what it is. And then my version is like, okay, moving forward. It's going to be great. Let's do this. (laughs) Let's do this. Okay. And how about a resource book or app that makes my life easier? Ooh, I think... It doesn't have to be this one, but there is a app, maybe extension thing that I use that is a password manager Mm -hmm. that's called, I use one that's called LastPass, but there's a bunch of versions out there because we're all supposed to have hard passwords so that people can't steal our stuff, but then it's really hard to remember. And then this one saves for you and there's like a master password thing and it'll like autofill stuff for you, but it's like, feels pretty secure. And as a side note to that, if you're a password person, I highly encourage instead of doing like the uppercase X3 pound sign exclamation point, lowercase D, like doing those crazy passwords, pass phrases where you just have like three or four words. Those are equally difficult to break, but way easier to like type in somewhere. See, this is why I love asking these questions. We never thought we would go here, but I'm going to add one more thing. I will take that and I will raise you one more level. Two things about those past phrases. One, go ahead and have them be consistent with whatever, whatever mantra that you're working with right now, maybe relating to your word of the year, something like that, as long as you don't have it plastered everywhere. But when you have that phrase that relates to that, every time you type it in, every time you see it, you're putting it back into your brain, you're bringing it top of mind. And if you can make a phrase that shares a letter, you don't actually have a full word and it makes it even more complex. So I will leave you with that. Oh, ooh. There's so many levels to this. I know. Drop in knowledge on the passwords. I love it. I know. Okay. And last, but most definitely not least, what or whom are you grateful for today, Lauren? I am going to go with, I love people and connections and I am grateful for the past jobs I've had, opportunities I've had, because while I'm no longer like that part of my nonlinear life has shifted, there are so many people and opportunities that I had to meet other people that I still connect with now 
that had that not happened or had I not been open to or said yes to a thing, I would not have had the relationships that I have now. So as a side note with that, like if you're interested in something, try saying yes, because that's how I ended up at a dad blog conference of which I'm neither and have so many friends across the country that I still talk to from a handful of years of going to this conference because I was like, I'll go. What's happening? So past opportunities that have allowed me to have really great connections that I otherwise never would have. Very general. But what you talked about is that saying yes and saying yes, all those paths also led you here. Yes. And for that, I'm most certainly grateful for you. And I want to thank you, Lauren, for shining your light in this world and for sharing it with us today. Thank you so much for having me. Lisa, this has been awesome. Thank you for joining me today. Your time is precious and limited, and I'm honored you chose to spend it with me. If you have feedback, questions, or want to schedule a chat, head to positivelyproductive.com slash connect. And if you are looking for any of the resources referenced on the podcast, from books to products to training and more, go to positivelyproductive.com slash resources.